Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Today, we're going to talk about the future of Fox News amid Tucker Carlson's firing. And I interviewed the president and CEO of Media Matters, Angelo Caruson, about the cause of Tucker's firing, Fox's long-term financial viability, and how to help ensure that Fox doesn't come back from this. I'm Brian Tyler Cohen, and you're listening to No Lie. So it looks like Tucker's firing from Fox News is having an unintended consequence of striking fear in the hearts of other Fox hosts. So according to reporting from Rolling Stone, both Maria Bartiromo and Janine Pirro, Judge Janine, have told friends that they're concerned that they could be fired next. Rolling Stone sources say that executives have recently held high-level discussions about Maria Bartiromo's future there, considering she was a key player in propping up Trump's conspiracy theories about the election and Dominion voting systems. Fox execs are also reportedly grilling staff about whether they've leaked information about Tucker's firing to the press, and that's prompting Fox's staff to, uh, to change the names of reporters in their phones so that they're not caught leaking information to the media. And I gotta say, I hope that these Fox hosts are enjoying this same culture of fear that they have been thrusting onto their viewers for years. It's like, this is like Fox's very own migrant caravan happening on a daily basis, and it could not be happening to more deserving people. But I do want to talk about the implications of Tucker's firing for a moment, because I know that there are people who are worried about what Tucker might do next, um, and could it be even more dangerous? Could he reach more people? But I think what's becoming pretty clear is that Tucker needs Fox a hell of a lot more than Fox needs Tucker. And look, yes, Tucker was their biggest star and his departure resulted in more than a million fewer eyeballs on the network, which is a big deal. But two things here. First off, let's not get it twisted here. Fox was not relying on Tucker to survive. There's still a massive benefit in being the biggest conservative news outlet in the country. There's still a benefit to having every TV in the military and doctor's offices and airports all tuned to Fox. So yes, there is a backlash. It will subside to some degree because it's not like there's some void of other Fox hosts prepared to spew a steady stream of bigotry on a daily basis. So that one is common sense. But here's the second reason why I think that Tucker needs Fox more than Fox needs Tucker. This was a bit of Tucker's response in the aftermath of his firing that he posted onto Twitter. One of the first things you realize when you step outside the noise for a few days is how many genuinely nice people there are in this country, kind and decent people, people who really care about what's true, and a bunch of hilarious people also, a lot of those. It's got to be the majority of the population, even now. So that's heartening. The other thing you notice when you take a little time off is how unbelievably stupid most of the debates you see on television are. They're completely irrelevant. They mean nothing. In five years, we won't even remember that we had them. Trust me, as someone who's participated. And yet at the same time, and this is the amazing thing, the undeniably big topics, the ones that will define our future, get virtually no discussion at all. War, civil liberties, emerging science, demographic change, corporate power, natural resources. When was the last time you heard a legitimate debate about any of those issues? It's been a long time. Debates like that are not permitted in American media. Both political parties and their donors have reached consensus on what benefits them, and they actively collude to shut down any conversation about it. 
Suddenly, the United States looks very much like a one-party state. That's a depressing realization, but it's not permanent. Our current orthodoxies won't last. They're brain dead. Nobody actually believes them. Hardly anyone's life is improved by them. This moment is too inherently ridiculous to continue, and so it won't. The people in charge know this. That's why they're hysterical and aggressive. They're afraid. They've given up persuasion. They're resorting to force. But it won't work. When honest people say what's true, calmly and without embarrassment, they become powerful. At the same time, the liars who've been trying to silence them shrink and they become weaker. That's the iron law of the universe. True things prevail. Where can you still find Americans saying true things? There aren't many places left, but there are some, and that's enough. As long as you can hear the words, there is hope. See you soon. Sure was a lot of words, but notice that Tucker, free thinker Tucker, won't be muzzled by anyone Tucker, never managed to utter the words Fox or Rupert Murdoch. And that may very well be owed to the fact that he is afraid of them. There's been reporting from Rolling Stone that Fox, uh, Fox executives had compiled an oppo file, opposition research file of supposed dirt on Tucker Carlson, which includes internal complaints regarding workplace conduct, disparaging comments that he made about management and colleagues, and allegations that he created a toxic work environment. So is he afraid of something in that file getting leaked? I don't know, but I will say it certainly is weird that the self-proclaimed champion of free speech never managed to say the word Fox in response to being unceremoniously fired by Fox. All of which is to say, if Tucker knew that he had the upper hand, like if he felt that he was prepared to go scorched earth against Fox, he probably would have. The guy has spent God knows how many years attacking anything in eyeshot. And, and yet suddenly now we're supposed to believe that he can't find his tongue. He had a primetime slot on the biggest right wing network. Some of those fans are loyal to him, of course, but I'll bet a hell of a lot more are there because it was being fed to them by virtue of the network, the size of that network and the time that he was on. And Fox will undoubtedly find some new aggrieved white man to take his spot and scare the shit out of old people. And Tucker suddenly won't seem so large. I think he knows that. And just one more note on Tucker's little video response. First of all, I know you can't see it because this is a podcast, but he was in this little home studio that was built for Fox Nation, their streaming service. Dude had to stick himself in whatever corner of that studio he could find that wasn't branded with Fox's name. So that part was pretty sad. But more importantly, it was this line right here that stuck out at me. The other thing you notice when you take a little time off is how unbelievably stupid most of the debates you see on television are. They're completely irrelevant. They mean nothing. In five years, we won't even remember that we had them. Trust me, as someone who's participated. How unbelievably stupid most of the debates you see on television are. And to his credit, he owns up to this in some modest degree, saying, trust me, as someone who's participated, which is uh, a gentle way of fessing up to the fact that this guy has almost unilaterally introduced more hateful garbage and bigotry and faux outrage into the news cycle than maybe anyone else on the planet. Like, this is the guy who introduced the great replacement theory into the mainstream, that Democrats are trying to change the demographics of the country to take power politically. He said that immigration makes America poorer and dirtier. He called the COVID vaccine the deadliest mass vaccination event in modern history. And it's not just the dangerous stuff. It's also really, really fucking stupid stuff, too. The green M&M, you will notice, is no longer wearing sexy boots. Now she's wearing sensible sneakers. Leading women do not wear sexy boots. 
Leading women wear frumpy shoes. The frumpier, the better. That's the rule. The other big change is that the brown M&M has, quote, transitioned from high stilettos to lower block heels. Also less sexy. That's progress. M&Ms will not be satisfied until every last cartoon character is deeply unappealing and totally androgynous. Until the moment you wouldn't want to have a drink with any one of them. That's the goal. When you're totally turned off, we've achieved equity. They've won. So when this newly enlightened Tucker complains about the low level of discourse in this country, I think he should probably take that up with Tucker. And let's be clear, none of this, none of this is to defend Fox. None of this is to say that Fox will be fine. You'll hear the interview in a few moments with Angelo Carusone about how royally fucked Fox News is right now. But I don't want to miss the opportunity to also dance on the professional grave of the guy who did his part to almost unilaterally make this country a more dangerous and less tolerant place. Fox is weak right now, absolutely, but Tucker will almost assuredly never be as powerful as he was a week ago, and I am perfectly happy to take some solace in that. Next up is my interview with Angelo Carusone. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. A new year is a new chance to focus on you. You're probably already picturing yourself struggling at the gym, but not all self-help has to mean suffering. Squeeze.com is making it easier than ever to elevate your wellness by delivering a juice cleanse right to your doorstep. It's the easiest juice cleanse you'll ever do that may aid in weight loss, eliminating bloating, clearing your skin, boosting your energy levels, improving sleep, and breaking bad eating habits. Meet all your health goals from the comfort of your home. Get free same-day local delivery or fast free delivery nationwide with code WONDERY today at squeezed.com. Now we've got the president and CEO of Media Matters, Angelo Carusone. Angelo, thanks for coming back on. Thanks for having me. So obviously the big story this week, uh, Tucker Carlson was fired from Fox News. There is reporting that Tucker was let go because of this new lawsuit from uh, senior producer Abby Grossberg. There's also reporting that he was let go because of revelations uh, contained within the Dominion lawsuit. What do you presume is the reason that Tucker was fired? So here's what I would say that, you know, it's there's not going to be a single reason um, that what ended up happening is the cost calculus no longer was worth it. So that that changed over time. And if you think about it, all these things sort of add up, right? Which is that, number one, he was uncontrollable. And that's an important factor when you think about Fox post the lawsuit. The other thing is that the text messages that were revealed, Fox knew about most of this already. Um, they, this was not a surprise to any of them. And so uh, they knew that he was saying nasty things about colleagues and about management. It was pretty well known. He fought with them aggressively. So that wasn't a new revelation. They claimed that they saw revelations, and this is the most significant thing that they claim specifically, that they saw a text message in which he said something racist. And that was the first time that they heard or, or realized that Tucker Carlson said racist things. That is obviously a lie. <laughs> they should probably right? watch like, Tucker Carlson's show. They should watch his show. Right, exactly. Like, that is clearly not the first. Like, yes, he did say something racist in a text messages that came out as a part of the Dominion stuff. They claim that they didn't know about that until the day they gave a settlement offer to Dominion. That's clearly wrong. That's yeah. clearly wrong. Um, so what do I think the reason is? I think the reason is that 
it's all of the above. It's the totality of circumstances. If you're Rupert Murdoch and you start to, you get, it becomes personal for you. Tucker gets put on your radar screen because of all the stuff with his, that was reported about his fiance being a Tucker fan. And then her saying that uh, Tucker was a messenger from God. And that sort of like putting Tucker on her, his radar. I think that they realized that Tucker was uncontrollable. He was a liability. I do think the lawsuits were a factor not because they're worried about the money or the punishment, but because what do you think what that gets you is insight and discovery and negative stories. And if you have an avalanche of negative stories, Abby Grossberg, for example, says that she has 60 hours of recordings. Um, that's a lot of material from someone that if you drip, drip, drip that out over the course of weeks or months, that could consume a, a, a storyline for Fox and it's a distraction. But I think ultimately at the end of the day for the Murdochs, it's always about power and money. And the truth is, is that right this this month, Fox is renegotiating their cable contracts, uh, several of them. Tucker is the face, was the face of Fox News. He came up during the discussions with these with these cable providers because they they just got done saying to one American News, "Hey, we're not going to pay for you anymore because of the extremism and the election lies." And Tucker is even worse than that. So cable companies are like, wait, what about this Tucker guy? And that when you you know when you add it up it's like do the murdochs want to give away their power to tucker when they're also having trouble making money on him which they which has now been reported so i think when you put it all together it's like they needed a scapegoat they obviously wouldn't have used him if he didn't have any costs and he no he just no longer worth the hassle and that's typically when the murdochs let people go when they're no longer worth the hassle anymore yeah, I think especially with Fox, I mean, their specialty in the right wing media ecosystem is to control and distort the narrative. And if they yes. have another narrative that's kind of like the Tucker Carlson narrative that's undermining their ability to control the narrative, then then really what use is he um, for, yes. uh, for, for this network? So, right. uh, Angela, where do you think Tucker ends up after this? I think that he ends up on Rumble, um, which is a YouTube alternative. And uh, the reason why I think that is because he actually couldn't go to YouTube. Um, most of his content would violate their terms of service. And so he would actually not be able to get very good distribution. I think that Rumble gives him an easy place to go that's ready made. He may do his own little like studio type thing, but I think ultimately he does it for himself. And he's not a writer. He's not like somebody that would have a Substack or a subscription. Yeah. Um, what he needs is a platform and a consistent home. And I'm sure he's getting offers I know he's getting offers from places like Newsmax and others. They He's never going to go to those places, though, because their production quality, according to him, would be too low. It would be too embarrassing. He would never go to a place that had production quality like that. And also, he's at a moment right now where if he works for himself, um, he would do just fine. In fact, there was a series of text messages that came out of the Dominion stuff where he was talking with uh, someone who was redacted, so we don't know who the exchange was with. But the person was giving him some math on how much money he could make um, on his own if he just had his own subscription service. And so, yeah, I think he ends up at Rumble, basically. That's where that's where I think he goes. Okay. Yeah, that's a that's a fair guess. I mean, my guess was going to be, you know, he could either end up at a Newsmax or an OAN, but for the same right. reason that you said, I mean, it's kind of beneath him to go from like it is. the biggest conservative network there is then to this to this redheaded stepchild of conservative media, which is which is Newsmax. It's kind of where right. all the, you know, the the leftovers, the scraps from Fox News and from previous scandals all around the right wing media ecosystem kind of end up there. Um, exactly. And then, and then the the alternative is is either he does become some iteration of an independent creator, which is what you were referencing by virtue Correct. of going on Rumble, or he could start his own network. Uh, there's a lot of 
obviously heavy lifting and legwork involved with starting your own network. It may not be worth it when he can just, you know, basically just hire a team, get a studio and, uh, and do his own thing and have a video out by Monday if he needed to. Exactly. And I think it's if he ever does do a network, it would be like a second step or a second phase where he's expanding. And, yeah. you know, one of the advantages of Tucker, and this is the thing to keep in mind, because part of what makes this significant is not just, although this is what makes it enjoyable and there's the comeuppance, but what makes it significant that Tucker got fired is that his influence was massive, not just at Fox, but over the large right wing media. And part of the reason why was not just what how he did his show and what he did his show, but if you think about it, he was one of the few people in right-wing media that also wasn't an active competitor of everybody else. Because if you're a Fox host and you're a big right-wing media person, you also have a podcast or a radio show. You have, you're competing for audiences in different mediums. And Tucker only had a TV show, which meant that he wasn't consuming radio audiences. He wasn't consuming podcast audiences. He only borrowed or took one hour of, of consumers' time a day. So that meant that if you're another host or another it's easy to think of tucker not as a as only a competitor right yeah. and so the, in a way he had a built-in advantage and he's smart enough to understand that that gave him an advantage that only being on tv one hour a day um you know unlike say hannity who's on tv who is who does four to five hours of production a day live like that's a lot to be taught you're consuming a lot of people's time and i think tucker realizes that is part of what gave him power was that he wasn't that he could be have that convening authority and that there wasn't always an incentive for other people to either ignore him or to attack him because they saw him largely as a competitor. And I think he's going to want to keep that advantage right now as he starts to rally and marshal, you know, the forces of sympathy and also the anti-Fox forces. Yeah, that's a great point about him not being not having any adversarial relationship by virtue of presenting himself as a competitor on all of these other platforms. Right. More broadly, how does this impact Fox's business? Because just in the days following uh, Tucker's firing, viewership numbers for Fox primetime were down significantly. Yeah. Um, so it affects their business in a couple ways. Um, the first is that, as you noted, um, there is going to be a ratings hit. And the ratings hit is that even for a, a group of people that are not diehard Tucker fans, um, they still assume that Fox is like a bastion of free speech that doesn't punish people. This is an example where there will be retaliation by Fox audience. And unlike in the past, say like when Glenn Beck got fired or even Bill O'Reilly, there are other places for them to go digitally, podcasts, streaming services like they have alternatives and they will go there. When Fox made this decision, my understanding is that they assumed or made an assessment that their audience would be would drop by approximately 10 percent solely by losing Tucker. I think the number is closer to 20 to 30 percent. Um, so they're going to see that audience dip. That affects their business, because if you lose your ratings, you your advertiser rates go down. And that's going to be a second thing that affects them is that they're going to lose advertising revenue um, because their ratings will decline. And then the the other way this is going to affect their business, and this is probably the most significant way, is that part of the strategy that they use when they're doing these contract renegotiations is they actually organize their audience. They say, hey, everybody, this cable company is about to take Fox News away from you. So I need you to call the cable company. You, you need to tell them to keep Fox Right now, even if their audience is still watching, they're kind of mad at Fox. And so yeah. they're not going to do any favors for them. Yeah. So that is the most significant thing because we recently learned how much Fox News was trying to increase prices. And just this month alone, the contracts that they're renewing, it's worth about a billion dollars a year extra to Fox News 
in, in terms of the value of the contract, it's about $3.2 billion. And simply, just to put it simply, it's nearly impossible for Fox to be able to accomplish that unless they had their audience fully intact and fully behind them. And right yeah. now, they don't have that. So the order of magnitude for Fox it, on a financial and business front is going to be very significant. And that's before we get into what happens if Tucker Carlson starts attacking them, what happens when other right-wing media start attacking them. So for example, The Blaze, which is a Glenn Beck's network, um, they're running a promo. And if you use the promo code DUMPFOX, um, you get $20 off your subscription. Um, and so, you know, you're starting to see a situation where you could conceivably see why others would poach and pick away at Fox. So ultimately, at least out of the gate, putting aside anything else, the best case scenario for Fox is that they will end up losing somewhere between, and again, best case scenario um, is that their ratings will go down about 10%, 10 to 15%, um, and they'll lose somewhere between four and $600 million of anticipated revenue a year. Yeah. And and like you said, the more important part is that they lose a lot of their leverage in terms of negotiating these deals moving forward. So with yeah. that said, with regard to these deals, we know based on uh, a lot of the work that you do and the interviews that you and I have had that yeah. uh, that Fox is pretty immune to fluctuations in ad revenue because they make most of their money in carriage fees. So that's right. um, for those who don't know, can you just speak on what carriage fees are? Yeah, it's a fee that every every cable, every TV channel, um, cable companies pay a certain amount to make sure that they can offer that channel to their to their subscribers, and that's where all those packages come in and the different levels. Um, Fox News is in the basic cable package for every single cable uh, company, so that means if you have cable, you have Fox News, and what that means is that everybody that has cable is paying Fox News that specific fee, and Fox is the second most expensive channel. Everybody's cable bill, ESPN's number one. And right now, that means that it's about $2.18 um, for everyone that has cable is giving Fox News that money. So that works out to be a few billion dollars a year for Fox. Um, and they are renegotiating their packages right now to try to go from about $2.18 to $3.03. And um, that's a really big increase. It would be worth about just these three companies that they're renegotiating with now are worth about a billion dollars extra a year. Uh, uh, just on this increase. So it's a really significant amount of money for them. Um, and it was all designed so that they could actually have somebody like Tucker Carlson. When they were forced to fire Glenn Beck because their advertisers left, they devised this strategy of not just making all this extra money, but you have to think about cable revenue as guaranteed revenue. It means that you get that money even if nobody's watching. And so for them, they don't care about advertisers. They care about their audience because it helps them negotiate these things and it gives them political power. But ultimately, as long as they secure these deals, they will get that money no matter what. And that's what is so critical for them in this moment is are these renewals. So they're looking for a raise right now. I guess what's the likelihood of A, of them getting a raise and B, of them even getting what they're asking for to begin with? If nothing had happened over the last couple of months in terms of the cable organizing, they would have gotten a raise. It would have been very likely. Um, maybe not the full amount that they wanted, but Fox has never lost a carriage fight until December. They've never lost one of these negotiations. They, they lost their very first one right before Christmas um, of 2022. So I would have said that they would have likely gotten one. But the thing that is a difference maker is that one, the cable companies have received thousands of phone calls from cable customers saying, hey, I don't want to pay any more money for Fox. 
Um, so that's the first thing. And the second thing is that the Dominion litigation was a factor that, and this is part of the reason why Fox felt the need to settle is that they would have literally been in the courtroom on trial while also in the boardroom renegotiating these contracts the same time because they're up right now. So they had to make a decision and that $787 million they paid to Dominion. Yeah, that's a lot of money, but we're talking about billions of dollars of guaranteed revenue just from these contracts. And so like there, when you do that, when you weigh that, it's, you know, $780 million compared to what they were hoping to get as an increase, which was close to $3 billion it's not a very hard choice to make. And so um, that's the other factor. And I think the other piece to me that makes it like unlikely that they're going to get it all is a very important piece of information. Um, I didn't just say that they were increasing. I gave the number. And the reason that we know that they're trying to go to just a little over $3 is because somebody from the cable company who is in the negotiating room leaked what Fox was demanding. That never happens. Like I want to emphasize that. But like cable, this this never happens during a negotiation. They never give the specific number. But someone felt that it was that because of the pressure they're getting publicly, that in, in as a way to I think respond to that pressure and to also help rally more people and just to put it out there to show, hey, look how unreasonable Fox is doing. They leaked the number, and that I don't think at least as far as I've been tracking this for the last 10 years that's never happened in cable yeah. contract renewals and I think that it what that signals to me is that the cable companies get it and that they are unwilling to go all the way to what Fox is hoping for and so now what I think we have to try to do is make sure that Fox doesn't get any extra money and if they do get and and hopefully even reduce it and I'll, just to put a bow on it to show you why that matters if Fox just stays the same price that they're at right now, even if they get, even if they're, and they're inflated, they're high, but even if they just stay at that price, they are no longer profitable in at, at best 14 months. Fox News has never not been profitable. And the idea that if they just stayed what they are, they no longer are a profitable company on paper in 14 months, it would be a consequence of all this organizing. I think it's very likely now, as long as the momentum continues, that the cable providers will not only will, will, will refuse to re increase Fox's rate at all and potentially reduce it in some situations. Okay, so just as a quick aside on that point, because I still want to talk about carriage yeah. fees and the work that you're doing and unfox my cable box. But just as a side note on that point, you know, I've read that Fox's profits were last last year were $1.2 billion, if that's correct. The Dominion lawsuit more than cuts that in half in one fell swoop. We still have the yep. Smartmatic lawsuit that's worth 33% more for $2.7 billion. Then there's the impending shareholder lawsuit because Fox breached its fiduciary duty to its shareholders by virtue of allowing this stuff to happen. Then there's the Abby Grossberg lawsuit that they're contending with right now. Is insolvency an actual concern for Fox or do they have tricks up their sleeve to basically keep themselves solvent even in the face of all of these lawsuits? They have a fairly large amount of liquid assets. Um, in fact, one of the things that the Murdochs were planning to do was to make a really big media acquisition. I think that was going to be CNN. I think they were going to try to make it would have been it would have been their third attempt to buy it. But I think they were hoping to go in with overwhelming cash. And so they've actually been stockpiling cash as a company um, for a while in anticipation of making a really big um, a really big purchase. So they're sitting on a little more than $4.4 billion of an acquisition fund. Obviously, they would be able to that would this would chip away from that a lot. Yeah. Um, and that's a big, that's a, a really big part of it. Um, and so 
they have some leeway there. Now, of course, the shareholders don't that the shareholders will punish them severely for that. Uh, there are some other tricks, like their their insurance will cover portions of these lawsuits, uh, these settlements, and you know, in some cases, they can write they'll get a little bit of a tax break as as well. Um, but we shouldn't discount like discount the money's real. And the way I always thought about Dominion uh, was that it was the first in a, in a cascade of consequences. And that list you just gave that that's the cascade that you, know, you can sort of absorb one or two of these hits. But it's just like it's kind of like a death by a thousand cuts. And I don't want to suggest that Fox would just evaporate or disappear. But yeah. what I think people have to really appreciate, because this is the thing that that has always struck me, is that part of the reason why Fox News has seemed so immune to any accountability is that they built a, a system of a company that is able to have these obscene profits and that is insulated from any of the traditional typical market forces because of how important these carriage fees are. Yeah. And so if they're being drained on one end by they're having to do all these payouts, and then on the other end, they're not able to recoup those losses, what that forces them to do is say, wait a minute, we need to recalibrate and we need to start making money from advertisers again. And if that's the case, their content necessarily would need to change. And as we saw with the Dominion stuff, their audience doesn't want their content to change. And in fact, their audience will punish them if their content changes. So they're really stuck between a rock and a hard place right now. And it's getting tighter and tighter and tighter. So do I think they'll go to insolvency? No, they have because they have plenty of assets available to them and, and they can get liquid. What I do think is they can go to a point where they're no longer profitable. And that would then require immediate changes to their business model. And since their business model is extremism and lies, that means you start to weaken what is essentially their product. Right, right. They, they basically lose uh, the very thing that, that it is that they're selling. Yeah. So I'm sure that a lot of my viewers and listeners are cable subscribers here. So what can they do to help ensure that Fox isn't able to succeed in, in basically uh, achieving these higher carriage fees? This is a great question, especially for your audience, because, and I've, I've told you this privately and I'll say here, because I, I think this is so significant. You know, we've been organizing this campaign now for a couple of years, waiting for this moment. Um, and your audience has been the single highest conversion from promotion, discussion, to actually going and signing up and then taking the subsequent action. And it's significant because all that stuff that I mentioned before, the pressure they're feeling, it's because when we've activated people, they've done stuff. And that's then created this actual moment where Fox could be held accountable. Like the, the rubber meets the road here and it's working. So what can people do? They can sign up on Fox My Cable Box, simple. Um, and that, you know, you just give your name, your cable company. Uh, and when your renewal comes up, we will send you a message and tell you what to do about it. It's really simple. It's really easy. Um, we're not going to bother you for donations. I'm not going to spam you. It's just an actual transaction there. If you don't have cable, but you know someone that does, that's what you should do. You should direct them there and tell them about it. That's that is the answer. Your parents, your family members, friends, like that is that's the most important thing you can do. And then the second thing I would say is a very spe special message. If you have Comcast or Xfinity or Spectrum, Charter or Cox Cable, so Comcast, which is also Xfinity, Spectrum, Cox, Charter. If you have any of those, um, you should go to nofoxfee.com. And that will just give you very, very simple phone number and what you need to say when you call or the Facebook message that post, but phone calls are way better. Those are the ones that Fox News is actually negotiating with right now. Those are the cable companies that are first up and they will end up setting the stage. Part of the reason why 
that you know the Murdochs in this felt pressure, and this has been some of the reporting as well, is that the Murdochs were really thinking about their own control of the company and the fact that they're getting a lot of pressure too. It's like they need to start taking action to reseize the the narrative and to grab the reins. And you know, if they're walking into these rooms and they're already meeting resistance, and then Tucker's name is coming up, part of the idea I think they had by letting go of Tucker. And there's a lot of reasons was that it also served like a release valve, a pressure valve. Like they just wanted to let a little bit of pressure out to maybe hope to assuage the concerns they were getting during these renegotiations. And so that's the answer. Unfox my cable box. You can sign up. You'll get the instructions there. And if you have Xfinity, Charter, Comcast, Spectrum, nofoxfee.com will give you very specific instructions. Either way, it's the same site, just one's a little bit more general than the other. That's the most important thing you can do. And it works. It really matters, honestly. And I'll put those links in the post description as well so that people can find them easily. But I would I would also uh, just note that in the same way, the Dominion lawsuit set up a really uh, dangerous situation for Fox moving forward in the Smartmatic lawsuit and their shareholder lawsuit for in, in that way. If we're able to be successful in everybody coming together and calling these cable companies and preventing them from getting this increase that they're looking for, that will set Fox up for failure in subsequent negotiations. And they're all happening right now. So this yes. is a really important moment right now for people to participate. I know if you've watched my content or listened to it, that you have uh, probably as strong a disdain for Fox News as I do. So this is the moment where we can finally actually do something about it and ensure that Fox doesn't give themselves a raise here in the middle of all of these, uh, you know, not not only defamatory actions and 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 whatnot, but also their efforts to you know undermine a free and fair election. Because uh, God knows that if they were if they're going to be able to have done it successfully in 2020 and 2022, uh, then moving forward, there's no doubt that they'll try it again. In 2024 and beyond. And I just want to give one more example that's even easier to understand because I uh, about how like this has actually worked. So people have been calling for a while and we've been organizing this and obviously your audience has been a huge part of it. I'm saying, hey, on Fox and Cable Box, I don't want to pay for this at all. I don't I don't want you to just hold the line. I don't want to pay a penny. Well, one cable company already actually said, you know what? Fine, I'll, I'll do that for you. I will give you the ability not to have Fox News in your package. It's, it just happened. The cable provider is Spectrum. And they said, fine, we will create a package that lets you take Fox out of your package. We'll give you a flat rate. You get 20 TV channels and you can exclude Fox News if you want. That is what happens when people actually do this work. And why that matters is that, you know, all these fights in the middle of the negotiation are important. But then bigger picture, it's actually creating a scenario where people can start to craft their own cable packages. And it's sort of been a nice byproduct of all of this. And um, that only would have happened if people were as relentlessly and aggressively contacting the cable companies as, as much as they have. And it's a really big moment. And so it's a moment for Fox accountability. And it also, I think, will improve a lot of people's just general packages going forward simply by by doing this. Yeah, I think that's a great point. And, uh, and look, we can actually elicit some type of change here. This is it. This is like a really big moment here. It doesn't take long and it's worked. It already worked in one instance. And uh, while Fox is going through all of these negotiations, uh, it's yeah. basically guaranteed that it'll work again. Angela, let's finish off with this. Um, this is, I think, objectively a really bad moment for Fox. I think that that's beyond clear right now between yeah. uh, these negotiations and these lawsuits and just the whole Tucker situation. What's just your reaction to these developments in light of what's happened? Because you spend so much time fighting against these assholes. So just taking a yeah. step back, 30,000 foot view, how does this barrage of news about Fox kind of leave you feeling? 
So we're at a really we're at a pivot point. And we haven't had one of these since the late 90s. You know, talk radio, right-wing talk radio and Fox News really became a thing in the 90s. And they changed not just our news media, but our politics, our culture. They they made everything worse. And it's because they are engines of hate and lies and they profit off of them. Um and they have made everything worse and ever since then it's there's never been a moment to radically reshape it. You can't reshape talk radio. You couldn't reshape Fox News. You could maybe be like sandpaper and smooth off the edges, but yeah. you couldn't transform it. And when I think about this moment, your question, this is a moment where we're actually at a pivot point because the right wing media, it's an echo chamber. And so what gives it its power, its destructive power, is that it's able to take a narrative, a falsehood, a lie, an issue, hammer it away reverberated through that right-wing echo chamber, and then it spills over and to get other coverage. It, sh- it reshapes our culture. It reshapes news media. Right now, without Fox, because Fox really functions like a conductor for a chorus, they have so much agenda-setting power beyond their audience. Fox isn't the biggest. Talk radio is bigger than Fox. There are plenty of shows that are bigger than Fox, but Fox has the agenda-setting power. And right now, the right-wing media is without a conductor. And so when I think about this moment, I think about the idea that, yeah, it is bloodthirsty. They're more bloodthirsty. They're scary. They sort of seem worse than ever, kind of frenzied. But on the other hand, they're vulnerable. Their destructive influence has been greatly weakened because of the fact that they don't function like an echo chamber right now. And Fox is wobbling. It is. They are getting hit really hard. We shouldn't kid ourselves. Like they're not. It's not a foregone conclusion that they that they will just. It's not just going to happen by itself that they evaporate. They have a lot of stickiness and a lot of power and a lot of resources at their disposal. They're on their heels, though. And so for me, I look at this moment as like a chance to to have a do over of when talk radio and Fox News first poisoned our country. It doesn't fix everything overnight. But if we can prevent Fox from regaining its foothold as the center of gravity for the right wing media, for that right wing echo chamber, then a lot of other things improve as a result of that. And so I I look at this moment not just about sticking it to Fox, although that would be a lot of a motivator, but the actual thing that I'm thinking about is that we're at a pivot point. We definitely will not get another one of these for years. It's sort of like the pinata burst and music and, and everyone's playing musical chairs at the same time. The music stopped and there's candy all over the floor. Like it's a little chaotic, but eventually it's gonna sort itself out. And I just wanna make sure that on the other side of this, it's not sorting itself out in a way where Fox is more stable again, has found a new pathway forward to exercise the destructive power that it has for all of these years. So that's how I look at the moment. It's, it's actually a, a pivot point. Yeah, I think that's perfectly put. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, I mean, it's inspiring too, in the sense that, you know, we have a, a rare instance right here where we can actually kind of make a difference here. And uh, and I think there's no doubt uh, in terms of the destructiveness uh, that, that that Fox is in our entire media ecosystem. And so, uh, so you know, I'm looking forward to being able to to get some of these calls going in and, and kind of block Fox from being able to uh, give themselves a raise here. So with that said, Angelo, thank you for the work that you're doing and uh, and that everybody at Media Matters is doing. Appreciate it. And uh, thanks for taking thank the you. time. Your participation matters. Thanks so much. Thanks again to Angelo. That's it for this episode. Talk to you next week. You've been listening to No Lie with Brian Tyler Cohen, produced by Sam Graber, music by Wellesley, interviews captured and edited for YouTube and Facebook by Nicholas Nicotera, and recorded in Los Angeles, California. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on your preferred podcast app. Feel free to leave a five-star rating and a review, and check out briantylercohen.com for links to all of my other channels. 